Well, hello, Pananda, to all of those of you who might know what that means. If you're listening in Wales, you'll know it means good afternoon. <laughs> I actually was away last week, so I hope you didn't miss me too much. I was, was in, in Wales, in North Wales, and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful it was. In fact, I'm even thinking about maybe retiring to North Wales when it's time, um, running a little guest house or something. It'd be rather nice. But I'd have to learn to speak a bit more of the Welsh than I already know. And uh, But I did impress somebody. I did impress somebody. She said something. Uh, oh, no, anybody was. Uh, my husband said, do you want one of those leaflets? And I said, no, darling, I don't think my Welsh is that good. And the lady said something to me in Welsh and I didn't understand it. And she said, what I said was, do, do, do you speak a little bit of Welsh? So I said, um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She said, well, go on then, tell me what you know. So I gave her a list of, of what I know. And, uh, you know, the Boroda, Pananda, Noswesa, Nosta, Jochenvar, Uswelchenvar, Unzar. Um, yeah, so basically it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Um, Thank you very much, and um, please. <laughs> so that's about my limit, but at least I can be polite if I go to Wales. And um, my my reading of Welsh is getting better as well, because uh, the uh, village that uh, next to where we were staying is... Um, I couldn't... Uh, we went for a meal there, and I wasn't sure how to pronounce the name of the village. And so I asked the, the waitress, and... My husband and I had had a bit of a discussion on how to pronounce it, or my my dad and my dad because we had my dad with us, and um, yeah, I, I got it right. It was Slangernu, 
And I thought, yes, it was lovely, but it wasn't spelt anything like it sounds, as is Welsh. But then that's the challenge of it. Anyway, welcome to It's Worth It at Mumsay Radio. Uh, come and join me on my group, uh, Facebook, It's Worth It at Mumsay Radio. Come and join in and contact us uh, at Mumsay Radio on the uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you know, all those social media things that went down the other day. And everybody panicked because they couldn't get on social media. Oh, did you survive not being able to get on social media? I did because I wasn't bothered doesn't bother me if I can't get on the social media I just go and do something less boring instead so yeah anyway my little disclaimer my views are my views not necessarily that of mum's say radio and my little show here every Wednesday is a look at current affairs current topics with a sort of semi-serious look but a little bit of light-hearted mickey taking as well so this week what are we going to look at Boris Johnson, um, yeah, usual subject of ridicule and everything else, and the Tory party conference, we'll talk about that. Um, the policeman, the Sarah Everard case, the policeman in prison that murdered her, and Pretty Patel saying that uh, we're going to do uh, an inquiry, or they're, or they're gonna, the government are going to hold an inquiry. Job vacancies, been at their highest level for a long, 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 long time. Uh, I've got my, my own theories as to why that is. Uh, fuel and fuel shortages. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a bit of discussion about that. The end of furlough. Uh, the end of the £20 uplift for universal credit. Panic buying. I want to talk a little bit about cancer screening as well. And maybe David Walliam and uh, David Walliams and some changes that are being made to one of his books. And Natasha's Law, I thought, might have a little chat about as well if we've got time. So those of you who listen regularly will know that I usually start my show with a pet hate of the week. Well, this week I've got two. One is hoarders of excess fuel and food. Anybody who goes to go and hoard anything that doesn't leave enough for everybody. I've got a friend who can't get out very much and she does usually does a, an online shop and gets it delivered. But when she went to do her shop this week, it was all out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And when my husband went to do the shopping on Sunday after we got back from holiday, he went and did the shopping on the Sunday. And he said the shelves were just empty. The shop was packed, but the shelves were empty. It wasn't quite so bad when I went yesterday. I managed to get a few things that he couldn't. But a lot of the frozen food bits were more or less empty. And there were, I think, five bags of the vegetables that I normally get. We, we normally buy four or five bags a week because that's it's ready prepared steam vegetables. You just steam in the microwave because I'm not safe to chop vegetables. <laughs> I've nearly cut my fingers off so many times because of the twitches and the, the, the lack of strength in my my arms. And uh, so I I buy these packs of four little individual portions of frozen vegetables. Well, and we normally buy four or five a week. Well, yesterday there were only five left in the freezer. So what did I do? No, I didn't buy all five. I bought three because that'll be enough. It won't leave us any spare, but it'll be enough. And I thought there might be other people who need the last two. And my sister said the same about her, part, her, her partner when, when he goes shopping. 
He came home and he said, I bought some toilet rolls. He said there was only two packs on the shelf, but I thought I'd leave the second pack for somebody else. Now, why can't everybody think like that? Why can't everybody think, actually, I don't really need that right now, but somebody else might. Now, I felt bad taking three packs of those vegetables. I ummed and ahed about whether to take two or three. But I know that being disabled myself, I, I need to, to buy that kind of vegetable because I can't buy the fresh. And there was loads of fresh. And there was other packs of frozen, but ones that you put in the pan and cook. But I'm not safe carrying pans of hot water around the kitchen. So it's just a lot easier to use the steamed bags. But I did feel guilty about taking three out of the five packs left. But I did and I didn't. So that's my my first pet hate of the week is the hoarders of fuel and food. Um, And as for the hoarding of fuel, apparently at one stage people were seen buying bottles of water, emptying it out and filling the bottles up with fuel. Um, So I I heard somebody saying, uh, somebody I was chatting to said they'd seen ridiculous behaviour. Well, I just hope your house don't catch fire because if it does, it'll go up like nobody's business and the poor firemen will be having absolute kittens seeing all these things. And I mean, you know, why buy more than you need? It's, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that a bit more later. So my second pet hate of the week is misleading news headlines. I was looking at my my news feed that I get on my phone by a well-known search engine. A lot of search engines are available. Um, and the headline said something along the, the effect of snowstorms to hit the UK by the end of October. And I thought, oh, okay. We very rarely get snow down here as it is in the, on the, in the southwest where we're based here. And I thought, oh, maybe we're going to get another beast from the east because that's if we, we tend to get snow when it comes in from the east here. When I read the article, it was talking about higher ground in the north of England and Scotland. Well, it's normal for them to get snow in October up there. Why make a big headline out of it in thinking, you know, trying to make out that we're all going to get snow in in October? How how misleading is that? And there are other, there's loads and loads and loads of examples I could give you. But I'm just fed up with clickbait, basically. They want you to click the article. They want you to, to look at the adverts that are on the article. And you generally get a bit wise. You look at the, the IP address of, of where, or the web address of where it's leading you to to see whether or not it's likely to be a genuine article or a clickbait article. But some of these ones, this is this was um, a local paper one. It was a local paper for Birmingham. And I thought, hang on a minute, why are they posting all this to say that there, there's going to be a, a, a snow in, in, in the UK when actually they're just talking about what happens fairly normally anyway. But yeah, so my second pet of the week is misleading news headlines. Okay, so those of you who listen regularly will know I also do a quote 
for the week. Well, I was a bit stuck on this one until I opened my Facebook feed up. And there was a post by the Lost Voice Guy. Now, those of you who who know of the Lost Voice Guy will know that he is a disabled comedian who won, I think it was Britain's Got Talent. And he uses a computer to do his talking for him because he's he's non-verbal. And he he has cerebral palsy. Anyway... He put a thing on Facebook and it just made me giggle. And what he said was, Today is World Cerebral Palsy Day. So please remember to send your child to school dressed as a disabled person. Now, (laughs) I I personally, I think it's very funny. He's the one that um, very often will wear a T-shirt with a disabled symbol saying, I'm only in it for the parking. So uh, he he takes his he takes the Mickey out of himself being disabled, and he has a fantastic sense of humour. I did actually go and see him live when he came to down to the local theatre, and he he is hilarious. But it just you know World Book Day you go as dressed as your favourite character and all this sort of going to school dressed as this or non uniform day or whatever. It's just World Cerebral Palsy Day. Go dressed as a disabled person. Now, I'm sure there will be some disabled people out there who would take absolute, complete offence to that. Well, stop being a blooming snowflake. It's one disabled person to another. Um, He's disabled. I'm disabled. I find it funny. If you don't, well, get a life sort of thing. (laughs) No, I don't mean that. You know what I'm like. Anyway, so... So today is World Cerebral Palsy Day. So if you know anyone with cerebral palsy, go and give them a hug. Tell them hello from me. And yeah, just it's just an awareness. And cerebral palsy can be one of these uh, conditions where it can affect you quite in, in quite a minor way. Or it can affect you in a, a real major way. And... I know people with cerebral palsy who are non-verbal, who are non not mobile, who have very distorted arms and legs, spasticity in their legs and arms, and are wheelchair-bound and have to have 24-hour care. I know other people with cerebral palsy who are bright, intelligent people who have some spasticity in their limbs and in their uh, around their their speaking. And so they have difficulty with speaking. Unfortunately, one of my friends um, was phoning up a gardening company to try and arrange some gardening for, for to help him in his, his garden. He takes great pride in his garden. And I don't know what the person at the other end thought, but they ended up putting the phone down on him. And I'm like, why? He has a speech defect. He's not drunk. He just wants someone to come and help him with his garden. How dare you be so rude as to put the phone down on him when he is doing his very level best to try in his way to communicate with someone, to ask someone to come. He he wants to pay someone to come and do his garden. And this person just ended up putting the phone down. I don't know what they must have thought, but there's just, that seems to be very little understanding I know some people with cerebral palsy who have um, spasticity in their limbs and they also have some learning difficulties. And, 
you know, there are people with cerebral palsy who don't have the learning difficulties. So it's one of these conditions where it can go from very uh, affecting your everyday life to, you know, dramatically to affecting your everyday life in a, a, a minimal sort of way compared to the other end of the scale. And of course, everything in between. So today is World Cerebral Palsy Day. I did buy one of my friends a, a T-shirt. It said, I don't drink, I don't get drunk, I still fall over. That was on the front and on the back it said, but that's life with cerebral palsy. And he wears it and he thinks it's hilarious. On that note, we are going to go for a very quick break and I will be back shortly. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. Politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Honey, where are we going on holiday this year? What about a camper van? But I wouldn't know where to start. I've heard that we should check out LA Campers. LA Camper Conversions, manufacturing camper van and leisure furniture. Also supplying camper conversion kits. Open Monday to Friday, based in Paul Dorset. As featured on Mums Say Radio. Call them now on 01202 698888. The global station where you make the conversation. Live radio. New music. Global podcasts. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. Politics. Hot topics. Current affairs. Public relations. Chat. Global events. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah, but you can call me Shirley, really, because I prefer that to... Shell. <laughs> if I don't notice someone calling me Shell, I don't mind it. But it's when people say Shell, and I think, oh no, it reminds me of EastEnders. I don't want to be like EastEnders. Anyway, right, shall we carry on? What shall we talk about now? Fuel shortages. <laughs> okay, so we went up to Southwest London on Friday the 24th. Of Well, we went up on the Thursday, the 23rd, because on Friday, the 24th of September, we were going to, we can take my dad and my sister to my aunt's memorial service, which had been postponed from March last year. So it was 18 months delayed because of COVID and everything. And it was, it was lovely. It was very nice. But on our way out there, we couldn't understand why there was a lot of traffic at the end of the road. And the bus couldn't get through and cars couldn't get through. And, oh, it was people were turning round. And you know, when we did eventually get to the end of the road, we re- or towards the end of the road, we realised it was the queue for the petrol station. And I said to my husband, I said, what's all that about? I said, anybody think there's going to be a fuel shortage? He said, oh, he said, haven't you heard the news? He said, BP drivers, BP have said they, they haven't got enough drivers to get the fuel about. He said, I'm guessing people are panic buying. So, of course, everywhere we went, there were queues everywhere for fuel. And I'm like, what do these people normally do? Why, do they, why is it that they have to, as soon as there's a, a little hint, 
that actually there might be a possible shortage. What is the mentality that you have got to go and fill your car up to the brim and fill as much as jerry cans up? And yeah, that reminds me, which of the Spice Girls can 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 manage during a petrol shortage? Jerry can. Okay, that's my, uh, my, that was a joke that was sent to me. My sister every day sent me a joke while we were on holiday to, to keep my spirits up because it was hard work. But anyway, talk about that in a bit. So, yeah, so <laughs> I thought, oh gosh, this is going to really put the dampers on the holiday. If we can't get enough fuel to get to Wales and get round Wales and get back, it's it's going to be tough going. Well, we thought my, my husband was driving and he's got a diesel car, so it does quite a lot of miles to the tank. If we're on a run, it can do about 700 miles to a tank. So he had about half a tank and he thought, well, we've got half a tank. It'll get us halfway to Wales. We're, we're bound to find somewhere that's got some fuel along the line. So we filled up at, I think it was Warwick, Warwick Services on the M40, which was fine. That got, got us to Wales. And it wasn't much of a queue, you know, service station, it was a bit more expensive. But, you know, we he'd gone he'd gone down to about just under half a tank by the time we got there and we thought, well, okay, we'll we'll pull in this fuel station, they've got diesel, we'll fill up. As as we would normally do. That that's what we would normally do if we were going on a run. We would fill up when we were between quarter and half a tank. Because that makes sense. So we filled up, and when we got to Wales, we, we settled in. We were down to just below the half a tank again, sort of. And uh, the next day, we were going out. We went up to Thundidno, and very nice it was too. It was a bit blowy, but up we went up the Great Orm on the tram, and we were looked after because I had my my walker, wheel walker with me. And, you know, the, the guys on the tram were amazing. They they looked after it looked after me and made sure I had somewhere to sit and they put my walker on the and it was brilliant I, I, if anybody is going to go to North Wales go to Flanders no unfortunately it was a Sunday and the chip shop at the bottom was cancelled was was shut because it was a Sunday but I have had chips there before and they are the best chips in the whole wide world so if you go to Flanders no visit the fish tram chips shop at the bottom of the Great Orm uh, opposite the state, the tram station. So we went up there. Um, when we came back down, we thought, oh, well, we had to nip to Asda's. There was an Asda's in London. Now I thought I needed to, because we'd forgotten to set the dog's blanket with us. So I needed to get a throw to put over the sofa in the cottage so that we didn't get black dog hairs all over the sofa in the cottage. And yeah, I just needed a blanket. And we needed some bits of food because we were in a self-catering cottage and you know, we needed a few bits to make sure we had bits and pieces. And we thought, well, if there, there was a fuel station at the Asda's and so we went and got our shopping and as we drove out, we thought, oh, well, we'll go and see if they've, if they've got any fuel, we'll, we'll have some. And there was a guy at the entrance and he was saying, petrol or diesel? Diesel. No, I haven't got any diesel. Okay, all right then, that's fine. Thank you very much. We went down, went back to the cottage, and the next day, I can't remember. I can't remember what we did the next day. Oh, I think we went into Thunderous to the um, the the tea room. There's a 
beautiful. It was in the Daily Telegraph just before we went away on holiday. A wisteria-covered cottage just over the bridge in Flanrust that is a tea room. And I can't for the life remember what it's called now. Something, something, bont, which mean, pont, which means um, it's the, the, the cottage over the river or something like that. Anyway, um, we we went there and we'd had our, 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 our sort of brunch, I suppose. Uh, proper, oh, it was huge, this Welsh rare bit. I couldn't finish it all. It was on this great big doorstep of bread. Oh, it was lovely. I and mean, this beautiful, beautiful home-cured honey ham. Oh, it was amazing. They certainly know how to do food. Anyway, with Mike thought, right, okay, he said, I'm down to, the, I'm just under the half tank, quarter of a tank-ish. We were planning to go a bit further afield the next day. He said, I'll go and find some fuel. So we went down the road uh, to the first station and there was quite a queue, but we knew there was another one a bit further along that was actually a a, a shell. And, and Mike and I have both got these shell go-cards where you get reward if you fill up with them. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I actually, I use it because my car seems to, my I, my car doesn't like supermarket fuel. It, it tends to chug along like an old brick bone shaker when it's got supermarket fuel in. So I'll just use the sh- shell and be done with it. But the um, So we went down to the next station, which was only a couple of miles down the road. And there was a little bit of a queue, but more than enough fuel. And Mike Mike went in to pay. And, uh, oh, she said, I don't know what all the fuss is about. She said, I've always got fuel. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, in Wales, everybody was just being sensible. Yeah, people bought fuel when they needed it. There weren't the long queues. There were, you know, a few, the occasional queue. I suppose if people had run out and they had to go to the next station, uh, the next fuel station, it made more of a queue in the next one. But, you know, it, it was it was okay. It was fine. And I think Mike had to fill up once more before we left. And, you know, he just went straight down to the shell and, and that was it. They, they were, it was fine. We didn't have any problems at all until we got on the way home. And we were on the way home and everywhere on the service stations, it was Beaconsfield Services, HGV fuel only, um, this service station, petrol only, this service station, no fuel. And we were like, can we go back to Wales, please? <laughs> there wasn't a problem there. We like a fuel in Wales. Apologies to any Welsh people for a dreadful accent, but it just makes it a little bit, sounds a bit like Ruth Maddock, where she's Heidi High Campus. But anyway, that's my impression of the week. Da, da, da. Yes, so I I just, while I was away, um, those of you who are in my Facebook group, um, It's Worth It at Mum's Say Radio, come and join me, come and join the, the group and ask any questions and join in the chats and everything else. I, 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 I get to it when I can. Not all the time because I'm a busy person, but I do get to it and I do read it. So if anybody puts anything up there, I do read it. Sometimes I might even reply. Um, <laughs> anyway, so one of the things I thought about while I was away was, hang on a minute. By 2030, the government wants to stop the sale of petrol and diesel cars and hybrid cars and make it electric only. So by 2030, which is eight and a bit, yeah, eight and a quarter years time, they want 
to sell electric cars only. Have the government put out this fuel shortage as a way of trying to say to people, ah, see, a little bit of fuel loss, and with all the lack of fossil fuel and everything, you're not going to have the fuel, so you'll need to buy electric anyway. I did wonder whether or not, you know, me being a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but not a real proper conspiracy theorist. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm just, a, uh, shall I say, I'm a sceptic. I am very sceptical about the government and their the ways of thinking and the ways of doing. And I did wonder whether or not all this fuel shortage was just a ploy to get people thinking more about alternatives to fossil fuels, the diesel and the petrol. Are they, did, are they doing it on purpose to make us think electric? And was it, what really triggered the panic buying? Was it reporting of news or was it the media hyping everything up? Now, on Saturday morning, uh, my husband had uh, BBC Breakfast on. He was watching BBC Breakfast. He wasn't listening to Mum Say Radio. Naughty man, naughty man. But he, on there, I, I was doing something, I can't remember who it was, but I could hear it in the background. And the, oh, I know what, it's while we were on holiday, we were waiting to come home. And I was in the bathroom and you could hear the, the television from the bathroom. And they had their, uh, oh, well, I can't remember what it's called, but it's their, their new, oh, I know, news watch, where people can write in and complain about the way that the news is reported. So they did this article about the fact people were complaining that we wouldn't have had a fuel shortage, people wouldn't have gone panic buying if if the media hadn't said there was going to be a fuel shortage. If if people had said, if the media had reported it or not reported it at all or had reported it in a, a, a better way, people wouldn't have panic bought, there wouldn't have been a fuel shortage because actually there's not a fuel shortage. It's people panic buying and topping up and filling jerry cans and everything else and making a huge thing of it because the media hyped everything up. And a lot of people on this Newswatch programme were saying that, yes, it was the media had done most of it. But uh, that, as soon as that Newswatch programme had finished, they went, BBC Breakfast carried on with the headlines. Oh, the fuel shortage is getting worse and, and the fuel shortage is this and the fuel... <laughs> I could hear Mike swearing at the television saying, you've just said all these people are complaining and now all you're doing is reporting about it. <laughs> but is it just, is it media hype? Is it the government pulling the media strings? I don't know. I do wonder. Talking about that, I happened to switch my television on the other morning and it was on ITV. And... The reporter was at the Conservative Party conference in Manchester and she said, unfortunately, we won't be talking to Boris Johnson today. He's chosen to give interviews to only to a select few. And this is the 1,530-something day that he has refused to speak to ITV and 
I believe he's he's giving an interview with Sky News, LBC and BBC. And sure enough, <laughs> he did. He only he, he chose who he was going to appear on and be interviewed by. Now, if that's not biased government control reporting, I don't know what is. Why will Boris Johnson not talk to ITV? If anybody's listening who can answer that question, at Mum Say Radio on all the social medias or come onto my group on Facebook, it's worth it at Mum Say Radio, and let me know why won't Boris Johnson talk to anyone other than BBC or Sky? Let me know in the meantime. We are going for a short break, and I will see you in a bit. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. Politics. Hot. Topics. Current affairs. Public relations. Chat. Global events. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Nothing feels better than this. Nothing feels better than this. Nothing feels better than this. 
Drums Say Radio. Live radio. New music. Global podcasts. It's worth it with Shirley Worth. Politics. Hot topics. Current affairs. Public relations. Chat. Global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Well, hello and welcome back. And I have been joined in the studio by a lovely lady who I've just met called Julia. Say hello, Julia. Hello, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, you're looking really good. Everybody? Yeah, oh, nice and smiley. So, uh, yeah, I know nothing about Julia apart from the fact that she's come to join me on the show today. So while we're here, we're going to find out a little bit more about her. da 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 Anyway, right, as I have said before, come and join me at It's Worth It at Mum Say Radio on Facebook group and come and make some contributions on other social medias at Mum Say Radio. And uh, for Julia's benefit, I will repeat the fact that the views given on this show are our views and not necessarily those of Mum Say Radio because we can be a little bit controversial. So, yeah, what you were just saying, in the, while we were in the break and Julie was settling in, she was just saying, we were just talking about the, the, her experiences with the fuel shortage. So, t- okay. tell us how you got on. What car do you drive? What car? Mm. Mercedes. Oh, right. Okay. So, it's a, it's, it's a nice car. It's a nice car. Comfortable. It's a nice, comfortable. I mean, it's, it's, it's an old one, but yes, no, it's a nice, comfortable car. But obviously, you don't really want to be going, watching your fuel gauge go right down. No. <laughs> so when there's no petrol and you've actually got somewhere to go, there is that. It's a bit panicky, isn't it's a it? Bit panicky. What do you think of all the other people who went out and were just panic buying and filling jerry cans and? I just think it's so selfish. Yes, unless you genuinely had a reason. Yeah, because you, I don't know, you were taxi or something. I just think it was just so selfish. Because mm. I mean, there were, there were so many carers and, and yeah. people who who were really struggling to to exactly. find fuel to get. And they were wasting half their day Driving trying round to. Round in circles. Yeah, yeah, try it, yeah. So my producer's fiddling with the knobs now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but you did manage to get some fuel in the end to go where you needed to go after three days of trying. Oh gosh, I guess I, I'm guessing I was lucky. I was in Wales because there just didn't seem to be a problem in Wales. No, Wales and the north and Scotland and Ireland seem to be fine. Yeah, it's just the southeast. Everyone just has this. I don't know. S- blue this- roll mentality of like, <laughs> oh my god, something's happening. Let's yeah. just go and get everything we can. <laughs> Yeah, well, my, my husband went shopping. I was saying a bit earlier, my husband went shopping on Sunday and he said the shelves were empty. Mm. He said, that, and when I went earlier, yeah, yes, yesterday it was, I popped in because I had to go and do some other bits. And I, I said to him, I'll try and get some of the vegetables that we get. And there were only five packets of that. The, the freezers, the freezers were, were more or less empty. There was plenty of ice cream, but none of your staples. <laughs> You could live on ice cream. Hey, now there's an idea. There's an idea. Yay, we could all live on ice cream. What's your favourite flavour of ice cream? Oh. She's thinking. She's thinking. But, <laughs> I'm kind of purist, vanilla. Oh, you like? Do you know what? There's a really nice vanilla ice cream, a very expensive really? vanilla. It has a French name, but I'm not saying what it is because, you know, all ice creams are available. Um, <laughs> French name? Yeah. <laughs> Card of something or other. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> in my head, I was like, going, yeah. Yeah, I could see the cogs ticking. <laughs> slowly. Whirr, whirr, whirr. Slowly, whir. slowly. 
Um, yeah, but they're, they're vanilla. My dad, my dad gets that occasionally because it's at their local. They stock it at their local store, and uh. it comes in the smaller tubs. But because he doesn't use it very often, so it just keeps a bit in the fridge for in the freezer for when he needs it. Ice cream always but, reminds me of Miss Congeniality. Sandra Bullock goes to the bar and she goes, "Hit me!" And he goes, "No." She goes, "I want a pint," and she she gets a pint of ice cream rather than a pint of. Oh, like, hit know, me with a pint. I've, I've had a bad day, and I was like, "Yeah, that's 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 the, my kind of thing." Yeah. I've never seen that film. No. I really ought to watch it. I'm not a great film person. I haven't got the the staying power to sit still and actually watch something all the way through. So I I tend to not to stay away from films. But I must admit, my guilty pleasure is romantic Christmas films. And we're coming into the romantic Christmas film What's season. It's a romantic Christmas film. It's not a genre. It's it's not a genre. I think a Christmas film, but romantic Christmas. Yeah, no, is this not a is this is of... it's just all about like Christmas romance like, and and um I think they, they're on um movies twenty four, changed to Christmas twenty four oh, and, and okay. Sky Christmas and, and all those sort of channels that put on special Christmas films and they're generally they've got some sort of romantic twist to them. Oh. It's you fall in love over, over Christmas. Uh, Christmas trees over and yeah, yeah. Ooh, falling in love over eggnog. Now there's a picture. There's I don't. Woohoo! I like you. <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so we've we've tackled sort of food and we and fuel and fuel shortages and there were actually quite a lot of toilet rolls on the shelves in in the shop where I went to yesterday. Yeah, I think people who stocked up. Still getting through them. <laughs> I, mean, I just, you know, where if do you've got no food because there's no food on the shelves, why do you need loo roll? Not being funny, but <laughs> all this, you know, <laughs> if there's a shortage of food, that's the one thing you don't need to stock up on. <laughs> oh dear, there is a comment I could say to that, but it's not for on air. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you later when we're <laughs> off air. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, no, it's I, I just think. My, as I was saying earlier, my my friend has to do online shopping because she doesn't can't go out, and she just found that everything was out of stock, out of stock, yeah. out of stock, and it was a bit. Uh, I had to go when I went to the supermarket yesterday. I had to go. I had to go in two lots because I was on my mobility scooter, <laughs> so uh, I went and did one bit and got a few bits, and then I went back went a bit back. later and had to get some more. <laughs> so yeah, but I got her 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 essentials. And yeah, it wasn't actually too bad. But Sunday, my husband said it was the sh- the shop was was crammed and the shelves were empty. So, but yeah, it's just the selfishness. And what about all the people who've got nowhere to store things? Mm. Yeah, there are people living in bedsits or bed and breakfast accommodation because the council can't house them. There are people who are living hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth. If they have to go to the shops every day to buy what they need for that day and there's nothing there, what what happens to them? They've got nowhere to keep any food. They've probably not even got a fridge. And, you know, if, if, if the people who have got room to store things have been and bought everything. Mm. And apparently when the first lockdown, yeah. there was a woman on the news who had stockpiled loads and loads of veg and ended up throwing away about 80 quid's worth of food. (gasps) And when she was interviewed, she said, yeah, well, I'd do it again. If I might need it, I might need it. (gasps) Uh, Yeah, okay, talk about selfish. And she ended up throwing it away. What a waste. She could have made soup. Oh, gosh, yes. 
I made. If they, were, if they were on the turn, there were vegetables on the turn. You could have made some soup and just sort of. Oh, she could have made anything out of them. She could have done loads of stuff and frozen it. Oh, yeah, I was just shocked because everyone, you know, for a very, very, very first lockdown, like, you know, it was very different because yeah. we'd never experienced and Most of us had never experienced no. anything. The only people who experienced anything like this were people who lived through the Second World War, you know. Yeah, yeah, and had their rationing and, and things. And had their rationing yeah. and things like that. No one, but even then they were allowed to go to the pub. No one experienced anything like this. And I thought it would bring everyone together. And, it, and in, in some way, ways it, it did. did. And there were those that did. And there was a whole sense of community and people found a community they never even knew yeah. existed because they had to come together. But there was, yeah, there was, I was shocked at how much, I mean, there always is in times like this. Yeah. But I was shocked at how much the selfish, selfishness. But it also showed the divide because, yeah, there were those that could yeah. stock up and those that couldn't. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, my mother, I was just, you know, I remember speaking to my mother and she, I said, have you stocked up and you've got stuff? And she goes, oh, it's just ridiculous. And she goes, you know, I can't afford to. So no. I can't afford, you know, she said, you know, I can't afford to go and go and do a 200 pound shop. No, exactly. Just because the shops might be shut in a week or something. So she just did it day by day. But she said she went into some big supermarket and there was a couple in front of her and they spent 100 quid on cans. That was it. All they had in the yeah. trolley was canned food. Yeah. And she was just like, what is going on? And two, why are they allowed to fill their trolley yeah, with it, 100 quid's worth of cans? Yeah. Like no one needs 100 pounds worth of canned food. No. And the woman at the cashier said, they went here yesterday and they did the same thing. <gasps> And this, this was like, you know, way, way, you know, yeah, right, yeah. right at the beginning. I, oh, I know, but I mean, but it was that's just, just it, there is enough for everybody if yeah. everybody is sensible. And it's like with the fuel th situation. I think it was only BP and was it Texaco, I think, that had said they, they may might have a shortage of drivers to deliver fuel. But the way it was reported in the media... There was going to be a massive fuel shortage, and that's what—that's a, a red rag to a bull to selfish people. And unfortunately, I think in Britain today, in England at least, we have far too many selfish people. Mm. And I mean, I, I did—I did think that maybe one of the reasons the shortage was so bad down in the in England um, is because it's more densely populated. Um, so like with in Wales where we were, it was, you know, you haven't got those dense, mm. huge, big populations. So, of course, there was more more fuel to go around, less less people, as it were. Yeah. Whereas down here, you've got the mentality of there's loads of people who are all going to want set the same thing. Um, so we'd better go and stock up just in case other people buy it um, and we can't get any. And it's a bit of a vicious circle because there's more people who need the same amount of the same thing. Mm. But it only takes one or two people extra to say, oh, I'm going to go and fill my car up now. It doesn't really need it, but I've got, I've got, yeah. I've got three quarters of a tank, but I'm going to go and put that extra quarter of a tank in. Well, you know, my husband got diesel yesterday. He phoned up the Shell station at Holes Bay and said, have you got any diesel? They said, yes. And he said, right, I'm coming down. Um, but they were limiting it to £30 yeah. per person, which I think is the sensible thing to do, unless you're on a service station. As when we, on the way back from Wales, knowing that we had to drive back from London down to Poole, Mike didn't want to let the tank run too low just in case we couldn't get any. So we stopped at a service station and they said, oh, it's a limit of £30. And this was at the service station and people do long journeys. So she, the woman said, well, the only thing I can suggest, she said, is that you drive around and come back in and have 
do it again. Oh, that's insane. So that's what we did. So you drilled out with 30 quid and then you had we to put, do it. We put, we put 30 pound in. We in. went onto the, back out onto the roundabout, came back in again and had another 30 quid's worth. That's ridiculous. And, you know, it was just for his peace of mind. So Because he, he would normally have filled up. At that yeah. point, he would have filled up. So he was only doing what he would normally have done. He wasn't, you know, just doing it for the sake of it. That was, you know, and we'd driven all the way from North Wales to, I think it was, um, is it Cheveley? Cherwell? Cherwell Valley or Cheveley? I can't remember. One of the two. Cherwell Valley, I think. And, um, yeah, so uh, we drove around and it actually didn't take 30 quid for the second time. <laughs> It was about £28 worth. But then that's what he was expecting to put in. Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't overfilling. He wasn't going mad. No, he was just doing what he normally had to and do. And knowing the situation down here was dire, he yeah. wanted to make sure he'd got enough to see him through the week. So that's that's what we that's what we did. But like you say, it's the selfishness. Mm. I I don't understand why people have to be so Blooming selfish. It's, it's it's sad, isn't it? Really. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I thought I thought this sort of pandemic would bring everyone together and make people think, and it did for about two seconds, and then they all went back to their old ways. But at the same time, I think now that we're sort of emerging out of it, and I guess it's the end of the year and Christmas, and then hopefully next year will be oh another year. Um, I think people are are um, it's like the after effect. It's like. It's almost like a sort of PTSD of a global pandemic. Yeah. Like people are acting out and people aren't really acting. Well, they are acting as they normally are, but I think it's more exaggerated just because of everything that's happened in the last year or so. I mean, the, the last year, two years, 18 months, whatever, have, have been have been very difficult. And I think it's been made worse by a lot of the things the government have said and done. Yeah. And... It's it. They haven't helped put it no. that way, and I think, like you say, there there has been a real sense of a community in a lot of respects. I spoke to a lot of my neighbours I'd never spoken to before, exactly. purely because they were out on the street, and I'm not normally there when they're out, and have never actually had the chance to meet them before. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was all us. Oh, hello, how are you? Mm. You know, whereas before it would, I I just never saw them. But, yeah, and, and in other ways, it's made the selfish more selfish and the caring more caring. Yeah. But uh, what gets me is the fact that people are acting now as if COVID has disappeared. But it hasn't, and there are still people dying. Okay, there's not as many because most of the vulnerable people have had their vaccinations and it's keeping them out of hospital, it's stopping them dying. But people are acting like it's just gone away, mm. and it's it, it. You know, a lot of a lot of places are sort of saying, you know, please do still carry on wearing your mask. Please do still practice social distancing. Although the government have have said you don't have to, doesn't mean to say that you. Now I work with two very very vulnerable people. I work with a lady who has COPD, and I work with a, a young lady whose immune system is zilch. Now, if I was to get COVID and pass it on, it would be fatal for both of them, I expect. One of the um, the young lady that I work with, she hasn't actually had a vaccine yet because of her anaphylaxis to various things. 
she's if she wants to, when she wants to have the vaccine, she will have to go into hospital for twenty four hours so they can monitor and make sure she doesn't have. Oh, I know. Um, but he, he, she's one of these people that either way it could kill her. <laughs> if, yep. she, if she has it, if she has the vaccine, it could kill her. If she doesn't have it, it could kill her. So you know, you, you she's she just needs to stay healthy. Yes. Yes, and I then... Especially I've, during winter, because yeah. obviously winter is, is flu season. Yes, so. exactly. And well, it's I'm cold in, and damp and we're inside, the doors are shut, the heating's cranked up, no one's got a window open. Oh, no, the we, we have... Well, this, this, this young lady, she's, she, her mum is one of these that likes fresh air. Oh, good. So, yeah, <laughs> they have the doors open, we have fresh air. It's We, we put an extra jumper on yeah. or extra blanket around our shoulders and it's lovely because that's the way I like it. And I've always got my windows open. The only time I don't have my bedroom window open is when the wind is blowing in from the east and it's really cold because then it comes straight in the bedroom window and it is freezing. <laughs> so I tend to shut, but I'll open the bathroom window wider Just instead. Just to have it circulating. But I, I can't open the bathroom window too wide because my cat climbs out on it and jumps on the roof. <laughs> One of my cats has this lovely habit of climbing out onto the window and jumping up on the roof. And I went out the back door one day and all I could hear was this... Oh, and I was like, I can, I can hear her. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> I looked up. Oh, you stupid cat. And there she is at the edge of the roof, half standing in the guttering. So I had to go up. And rescue her. Well, I didn't actually go up on the roof, no, but I had to go upstairs, open the bedroom win- uh, the bathroom window so it was out flat, put my hand up, out climbing on the bath. This is when I was a bit fitter than I am now. Put my hand up out of the bathroom window so she could see my hand and she came towards it. So I just grabbed her head and pulled her back onto the window and dragged her inside by her head. This poor cat. Thankfully, she is a tiny, tiny little cat. She's um, she only weighs about two and a half kilos. Wow. She's a tiny little thing. She's fully grown. She's two nine years old now. Tiny. I know. She's she's about this big. I had a cat. She's, she's five. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a tap. Yeah. Well, her mum and dad are quite small because um. I've got mum and dad. So she was one of are the they kept in at night. Most of the time, yeah they they are mo- they are in most of the time. I I try and keep them in, especially. I try and keep them in most of the evenings, especially during bird fledging season. I was watching the telly one day and I thought, gosh, there's a, a loud report, a loud bird squawking in the background of that reporter. And when the reporter on the news had finished his report and the bird was still squawking, I thought, that ain't on the telly. And I went out to the kitchen and there's all three cats sat staring at the bottom of my freezer and just under the edge of the freezer, underneath the wine rack next to the freezer, I could just see a brown wing. Oh God! So I got, I managed to get this this little little bar- fledging sparrow out. Oh, you got it out. And uh, and just held it in my hand, and I managed to get it to the wildlife rescue so he could. Oh. But it it wasn't damaged. I think they'd oh. just been playing with it. They'd just caught it. Well, I couldn't see it was damaged. There was a couple of feathers out of place, but. Uh, I, I rang my friend up who runs a wildlife rescue and said, I've got a sparrow for you. Can I bring it over? Because <laughs> so many people but, are against wind turbines because they say they um, kill birds. Yeah, they do. But yeah. apparently it's been proven that cats kill more birds than Yes. Wind. Oh, they do. Yes. 
Yeah. I know it's like you get a cat and then you're like, I've just put a mass murderer into the house. Yeah. Oh, I've had a... I, I my, live with a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I've had um, a frog. Wow. Yeah, my cats have brought a frog in. So I had to capture that and... I mean, they, they don't tend to kill them, apart from my 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 male, my my ginger, my big ginger. He's say big. He's not huge. He's he's long and thin. He's only about four kilos, and he um he's the daddy of the baby, but he's had his balls chopped now, and <laughs> and he brought me a, a magpie, a dead wow. magpie. So I mean, you know, for for a, a smallish cat to bring a magpie, and I've had I've had starlings. I've had. The only thing they didn't catch, they didn't succeed in catching, was the mice, was the mouse oh. that was getting in the kitchen. Oh, I hate it. We had a mouse in our kitchen for a little while, and the cats didn't catch it. So I was very disappointed. But we blocked the hole up, and he, I haven't seen him since because right. my neighbour came and found where he where he was, where the mouse was getting in. So yeah, but yeah, my my cats love me that much. They bring me nice presents. Hey, <laughs> I got I got a Rottweiler as well. Rottweiler dog. She's gorgeous. In fact, I might put some pictures of her up on the Facebook group. And and she is as soppy, as daft as anything. Oh, yeah. I've got a picture of her on hol- when we were on holiday, lying upside down on my husband's lap on the sofa and just just chillaxing completely. She, and the, he's all right, she's all right with the, with the cats? Yeah. We, we've had her since she was eight weeks. Oh, okay. And when we first got her, she thought they were a toy. Yeah. And and she would chase them. But now she's occasionally I have to say to her, Zena, no. <laughs> and then she just goes, oh. but she just stops. She knows my voice when I'm when I'm in command. Um, but the cats now are not so terrified of her because she doesn't chase them so much. Only if they run right the way past the front of her nose, then she goes into sort of mothering instinct and tries to put a paw out to stop them. So, like, yeah, if, if one of her pup, if she'd had puppies and one of her puppies was doing something naughty, she, she'd put poor out to stop them, to control them. And she tries to do that with the cats. But, of course, the cats are tiny and she's got big paws and she's a bit heavy-handed with them. Anyway, right, it's time for us to go for another quick break. So we will see you in, oh, what's that, about three minutes' time. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. Politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We want to celebrate like we in the club every day. Got all my friends doing me. And I don't need you. I don't need you. Get the stress up on me. So I don't need your stress up on me. Baby, we don't sell la vie. No, I don't need you. I don't need you. Should have left you up from time ago. Didn't love me then, but now I do. I used to sit at home and cry for you. Diamonds on my neck, I shine for you. And back in my blessings anymore. Never be the girl I was before. I'ma let the good things in my life bring down. From the sky, drop like confetti. All eyes on me. So. Slash 
flashing lights, I ain't gotta worry on my mind. Know that you mad, I realize that I don't need ya, I don't need ya. So did you say my name like it's my birthday? You're just a memory. I'm boy, I don't need ya, I don't need ya. Should've left ya from time ago. Didn't love me then, but now I do. I'ma let the good things in my life bring down. From the sky, drop like confetti. Chat. Global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. But you can call me Shirley, really, because that's my name and don't wear it out. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. I'm still here with Julia. And Julia is, I think, hoping to become one of our our presenters. Yes. So what sort of show are you thinking you might like to do? Uh, a well-being show. Oh, so fabulous. Helping people each week. Yeah, fabulous. well-being Mindfulness, and mindfulness. What's going on each week? Mm, taking people to their quiet place exactly. and allowing them to chill, yeah. chillaxing. <gasps> nice. I like that. It's I, I. I don't do enough of that, and I should. No, no. My 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 happy place. I go to. I tend only to go to when I can't sleep, and I will lie in bed and go to my happy place. I've got two that I go to. One is the forest. Walking yeah. next to a babbling brook, yeah. listening to the sound of the water and the bird's song. And the other is the beach where I count the waves and listen to the waves crashing on the shore. And that's my, my two places where I go to in my mind when I need to try and sleep. I don't bother trying to count sheep because I lose count. And <laughs> every now and then one of the sheep doesn't jump over the jump and and I get worried about that sheep getting lost and the sheepdog not being able to find it. And that's, you know. Okay, so that, that's really not going to work for you if you're getting no, anxiety no, about counting no. the sheep and where the sheep are going over the fence. <laughs> anyway, right. What should we talk about? Tory conference. Tory party conference is taking, part, uh, taking place in Manchester this week. And they have a slogan. Uh, Which one? As usual. <laughs> it's build back better, getting on with the job. Now, when I was talking, I think it was before you arrived, I was talking about Boris Johnson only giving interviews to certain um, media streams. And I, so I thought, well, being as how I do this show for research purposes, I'd better watch it. <sighs> yeah, 
I just want to take a comb to his hair and get him dressed in something decent so he doesn't look like a slob. He does it deliberately. I know he does. Cause, I've, I've seen cause a, a, friend of mine's, a friend of mine was, uh, saw him come out the hairdressers mm. when he was mayor of London down in, um, towards Waterloo. And he came out and he had it perfectly done straight out of the hairdressers mm. and he literally walked out the door and then put his head down and just ruffled it up so yeah. it looked more like so they had spent ages cutting his hair and making it look yeah and then he deliberately just fluffs have it you up. seen the pictures of his son no oh his son has got this mop long mop of, of curly blonde hair that looks even more unruly than his dad's because it's long and wispy wilfred <laughs> wispy wilfy but anyway yeah apparently uh, the interviewer that on the uh, interview that I, I saw with him was talking about the end of furlough and the £20 reduction in the ultra, uh, universal credit. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And, you know, uh, trying to sort of say, well, actually, you know, you're taking things away. The cost of living's going up. Wages aren't going up. Universal credit is coming down. National insurance is going up. Aren't you worried about the economy, you know, the, the, the everyday people who have to live in this world where everything's going up and they're not getting any extra money? Well, actually, he said, wages are going up. Sorry. <laughs> I, I can't help talking like that when I'm talking about Boris Johnson. <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, we, we, and then the interviewer said, said something about, you know, do you not think it, this, this is going to cause a, a general election and undermine confidence in you? He said, well, no, we're going to build back better. And do you know what? Boris Johnson in his three-word three phrases or his three-phrase slogan things, you know, hands, face, space. And I think that's all he can do is do three words, string three words together at a time <laughs> with to make any sort of sense. Um but no, he was talking about we're going to build back better. He said we're going, we're getting on with the job. We're making sure we're sticking to our guns. We're not going to change course. And he was basically saying wages are going up. That they are not going to reverse the stopping of the twenty pound extra in universal credit, despite the interviewer asking a question from uh, an audience, yeah, a viewer. Mm. And this question was, I'm on universal credit. I work 40 hours a week, but I'm on universal credit because I don't earn enough. My rent is quite high. My cost of living is high. My cost of living is now going up. My national insurance is going up, but universal credit is coming down okay the 20 pound a week extra was a bonus that i hadn't expected but i was struggling before but with everything else going up i'm now going to be struggling even more and she'd worked it out after all everything that was done she was going to be um she was going to have 30 pounds a month left for her and her son to buy food a month £30. And Boris Johnson did not seem to comprehend that. He said, well, all the wages are going up. We've, we've got our, our plan is to get people into higher, more skilled, higher paid jobs. 
And I thought, that's all very well. But if their plan is to get people into more skilled, higher paid jobs and off benefits, who's going to do all the jobs that the people are doing now once they get a job with better skills and higher paid, who's going to do the job that they're doing now? They can't get enough HGV drivers. They can't get enough people out on the farms to pick the fruits. They can't get enough carers in the care system as it is now. I, he, I mean, it, it just beggars belief. He's so they're so out of touch. No, he does. He has no comprehension. No, absolutely none. I mean, thirty quid is like a bottle of wine. Well, I suppose to him. Yeah. Only a bottle of wine in my, my trolley is a, whatever's on special offer if I'm lucky. You know, they had Prosecco for five ninety nine in Asda the other day. Wow. Yeah. Other supermarkets are available. Um, Just a but, quick stock up for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, bu- I bought a bottle for my friend. She wanted a bottle of Prosecco. She said, that price? Could I have two? <laughs> but, you know, it just... He he is so out of touch, I think, with the reality of what actually is happening in the world. And then for somebody like Jacob Rees-Mogg to say that he thinks food banks are a wonderful idea and aren't they working so well and they're fabulous for people who need them. No one in this country, which is supposed to be one of the richest countries in the world, no one should be needing a food bank, let alone the increase of use is get, that's going to happen, £80 a month, well, it's actually more than £80 because it's £20 a week, it's £83 something a month, it's a heck of a lot of money for people who are already on the breadline to to lose. Okay, they didn't have it 18 months ago, but they've had it for 18 months. You get used to living to a standard. And I'm sure that in 18 months... Gas bill, electric, water, council tax and everything else has all gone up by more than £20 a week. And I, well, it just, it beggars belief. If you are struggling to live on universal credit, I would love to hear from you. Come onto the social media, come onto Facebook and join my group. It's worth it at Mums Say Radio or hashtag, no, not hashtag, the at sign, isn't it? At Mums Say Radio, or you could hashtag as well. Um, Let me know what you think about the end of furlough and the reduction of the £20 uplift to universal credit that the government introduced and to try and help people during the times of trouble but they're they're talking as if it's all gone away and it's all ended and actually it's going to take a long 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 time for britain and the rest of the world to get anywhere near back where it was and as for the uh, hgv drivers what was i going to say about that i was going to say something about that and it's gone completely out of my head oh yeah no i know what i was going to say Apparently, job vacancies are at their highest level than they have been for years and years. There are greater, for the first time in a long, long, long time, there are more than one million job vacancies in Britain. General, are you talking about? Generally. Okay. Yeah, generally. There are more than one million job vacancies in Britain, apparently, currently being advertised. Now, is that because 
there are more vacancies because people have died because more people have died because of COVID. <laughs> are we not filling the vacancies that people have left? Are there more vacancies because people have gone back to their home countries and haven't been allowed back in again? So I think it's a combination of COVID, Brexit and an inept government. But that's just my thoughts. What do you think? Um, I have to say, a friend of mine from Milano, I mean, from Milan phoned me the other day. All right, yeah. And she was like, what is going on? I was like, and I was... I was actually just walking in sandbanks. I was like, I don't know, the waves are nice, you know. <laughs> what's going on? Oh, uh, the waves are very posh on sandbanks. <laughs> the waves are lovely. Why, 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 what's going on? Like, you know, just, you know, sometimes because And she's like, she just, they're what they're being told of Britain or England mm-hmm. or however they put it over the UK. She was just shocked. Yeah. Because she was just, you know, we're supposed to be this sort of great country and we've sort of moved away from Europe and, you know, we're sort of supposed to be a superpower, whatever. But what the way they're presenting it in um, in Italy was just you know like we're literally a third world state. Yeah, we've got we've got fuel shortages. The army have been drafted in. There's no food on the shelves. Yeah, and she's walking around in Milan just like, what's going on in your you know she, you know she's lived here for a bit. She's like, Are you all right? What's going on? Yeah, thinking we're yeah. all sort of like in some third world nation. We're all scrapping outside for food and you know whatever. She's not far off, really. <laughs> She, she just couldn't believe it. No. She was just couldn't believe it. No. Yeah, but I think that's what, what happens when you get somebody like Boris Johnson in charge. And mind you, Theresa May, David Cameron, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown were just as bad. And uh, <laughs> the worst thing is, the worst thing is, if you gave me a Tory manifesto, I would actually think, wow, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I actually agree with a lot of the principles behind the Tory manifesto so like the um assessment of people on disabled benefits to try and wheedle out the people who are scamming scamming the system and i think that's a brilliant idea the way that they've implemented it is a disaster i actually agreed with maggie thatcher and the poll tax because a lot of people said that we needed a means tested way of paying council tax and that's what the poll tax was supposed to be. But it was the way that it was implemented. And it just seems to me they've got lots of good ideas, but they go at it like a bull in a china shop and it creates such bad feeling it's never going to work. Whereas if they took their time and actually sat back and thought about how is this actually going to affect the people that it's designed to help and how is it going to affect the people it's designed to stop taking the mickey it's like this um this sarah everard the conviction of this policeman pretty patel was saying on the news that in the tory conference we're going to have an inquiry because this should never have happened and it should never be happening and we must make sure it never happens again How many times have you heard someone in the government after somebody has been murdered say by whoever, we must stop this happening, we must not let this, women must feel safe on the streets. How many times have you heard that? Well, we don't, then then nothing ever changes. No. Nothing ever changes. That's the the trouble is he comes up with these slogans, today it's build Build back better and butter on toast and and today it was build back beaver and I was just like, what is... What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This is the latest one. Um, Bill, but whatever. 
But he comes up with the slogans, but it's all words and there doesn't seem to be any action. There's no substance to it. No. So, I, you know, so I can go and say tomorrow, I'm going to give everyone a million pounds. Well, I don't have a million pounds to give however many no. people there are in this country. So it sounds great. And everyone's going to get excited saying, oh, look, she's going to come and deliver a nice bonus tomorrow. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. It's not followed up. No. Because physically cannot. It's the same with a lot of his things. It's just like he'll say all this stuff, but he physically doesn't have the money no. to do it. Or no. his hands are tied and he can't do it. So yeah. it's all very well saying this stuff, but if you can't back it up, it's it's meaningless, it's pointless, it's just... Well, he, sa- he said at one point um, before Brexit that um, Britain was going to have the lowest gas prices in Europe after Brexit because we could supply all this gas and we could do this, that and the other. But how could you say it? Well, because our gas comes from Russia. How could he possibly say that? <laughs> It'd be fine if, you know, if our gas came from Sandbanks. It's like, fine, well, you know, we don't need it. I say Sandbanks because it's just... It's just, it's just <laughs> We're based in Pooldam, down here on that, on a, our little radio station here, our global radio station. For those of you who are listening abroad, welcome. It's lovely to hear to, to have you listening to us. And we would love to hear from you at Mum Say Radio. Um but yeah, it's there is no substance to to what he's saying. Let us know what you think. We are going to have another quick break, and uh, we will see you in oh about four minutes. It's worth it with Shirley Worth. Politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. I can't find my face 
skin and bone Hello, welcome Honey, where are we going on holiday this year? What about a camper van? But I wouldn't know where to start. I've heard that we should check out LA Campers. LA Camper Conversions, manufacturing camper van and leisure furniture, also supplying camper conversion kits. Open Monday to Friday, based in Paul Dorset. As featured on Mums Say Radio. Call them now on 01202 It's worth it with Shirley Worth. Politics. Hot. Topics. Current affairs. Public relations. Chat. Global events. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We're here. I hope you enjoyed that little interlude. And uh, we are back at Mum's Say Radio and my show, It's Worth It, with me, Shirley Worth, funnily enough. And um, my little tagline for my show, I haven't mentioned it this week. Um, Nobody's phoned me to say so or nobody's texted me to message that uh, my little tagline is that we are quite happy to agree to disagree. And it doesn't make us any better or any worse than somebody else and uh, Chris and I frequently dis- disagree when he comes on the show we, we we have lots of things we don't agree about doesn't stop us being mates and uh, yeah so that's be kind is is another little mantra for, for my show and uh, for anybody who missed it earlier and and for Julia's benefit I'm going to repeat this my uh, what I normally do is I have a, um, a introduction hot top list list what I'm going to talk about I have a pet hate I have a quote for the week, and this week's quote comes from Lost Voice Guy. So he's the guy, have you heard of Lost Voice Guy? You haven't? He's the guy that won Britain's Got Talent. He has cerebral uh, palsy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah, and he can't talk, yeah, but he, no. he uses the computer. And his quote, this, his, his, what his Facebook post today said, it's World Cerebral Palsy Day today, so remember to send your child to school dressed as a disabled person. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I thought it was funny, but anyway. Right, Natasha's Law. Have you heard of Natasha's Law? Do you know what Natasha's Law is, Julia? No. Ooh, Natasha's Law is the law that states that you must list all the contents of food if, you know, in any, so you've got, and you've got to list any of the 14 major allergens in bold. Natasha was a young 15-year-old girl who ate a sandwich from Pret-a-Manger before she went on a flight and she had an anaphylactic reaction because apparently the bread had sesame seed in it and she was allergic to sesame seeds, but it wasn't listed on the ingredients. So now there is a law that states you must label everything. And that, I think, comes came into force on the 1st of October, I think. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's around now. And my my husband works in a school and he's a tech. He's an IT IT 
ICT tech. So he does all the computers, all the audio, visual, all the theatre technician, the sound, the audio, everything else. And one of the things that they want to do is, well, because they produce a lot of their own food in the canteens, they needed they need some labels made up. And well, he's he's got a label maker thing. So, and he was trying to find out what these fourteen major allergens were and they were talking about it on the the television while we were away and uh, he said oh it's, it's all right if you can find out what the 14 allergens are and I said what do you mean he said well try, I can't find what these allergens are trying to get a list together to go do these labels for the canteen so I put in a google search other search engines are available. Um, I put in a search and I just put 14 major allergens and it came up with a couple of posters with them all listed. And I, th- I thought he didn't look very hard, did he? For an IT tech, he didn't look very that, hard. No, is that all it took? Yeah. <laughs> so I sent him the p- couple, I sent him, a, I emailed him the two posters. So he's got the posters now. So he's got no excuse. He can do their labels. But yeah, you have to list any, any absolutely all the ingredients of everything. So if you're making a sandwich, not only have you got to put bread and then what's in the sandwich, you have to list all the ingredients of the bread and then all the ingredients of the mayonnaise, all the ingredients of the filling and, you know, or pickle lily or pickle or whatever. And um, if, if it comes under one of the major... 14 major allergens it has to be listed in bold um and i think because one of them is i think the group is gluten um but that covers all the things like wheat and flour certain flours and everything else so yeah it was it, it was quite an interesting thing to look up actually i found it quite interesting but it is now law so anything you buy even if it's made in a sandwich shop there has to be a list of the ingredients. I don't quite know how you get around that in a delicatessen, where you, um, if you go and you say, I would like a tuna mayonnaise sandwich, mm. and they make it there right in front of you with the bread and the tuna mayonnaise, mm. and then they wrap it for you and give it to you. Mm. I I don't know what, how that would... I don't know how, what, what, how that They'd would... They'd probably have on. to have a thing saying, you know, for... Please ask for any allergens. So it's yeah. like if you, don't, if you don't think you've got anything, you just go in and go, can I have whatever your tuna yeah. sandwich? But if you know that you've got, there's a few things, you would yeah. then have to probably ask and they would have to, Yeah, they'd have to list it. I mean, I, I should imagine, I mean, most places keep a folder yeah. of, of what's in everything. It's like in, uh, I um, have an intolerance to fish and an intolerance to eggs. But my intolerance to eggs uh, is not as bad as it was. And I can have things with a little bit of egg in if it's cooked in with other ingredients. So, like, I can have cake. I can have some, some uh, like, cheese scones if they've been brushed with egg. That seems to be okay. But you couldn't have scrambled eggs. But if I have scrambled egg or poached eggs, I react. Um, or fried eggs. Or uh, But I did have some fried eggs one day and I was fine with them. Well, I just had one. And I had hard-boiled eggs and I was fine with that. But I had poached eggs, but I had two at the same time, and I reacted to it. So it's a bit, yeah, 
I, I don't I don't quite know what, what what it is that triggers it. It was definitely something to do with eggs. And um yeah, and I, I asked in Marks and Spencer's whether the scones that they make have egg in and this lady pulled out a, a huge folder. So I mm. presume it's the same in, in all those places. If they're selling things that are baked on the premises, they've probably got a folder with all a list of all the yeah. ingredients so that they they can show you that you you just ask and you say, Can I have a look at the list for? So I presume it's it's something like that. But I know this is to do with it's Natasha's law is to do with labelling and making sure things are are labelled properly. But it, it seems to me that it's locking the stable door after the horse has bolted. Um, unfortunately for Natasha's family, that's very true. Um, and obviously our, our thoughts and condolences are with her family because, you know, it must have been absolutely horrendous um, for them to go through what they went through. But it beggars belief the fact that it wasn't a requirement before. Yeah, I don't understand why it wasn't listed before. No, no, neither, neither do I. I. I mean, especially with a company as big as Prep, because they normally do. Yeah, list it because I I have said now, just so I always look to check. Yeah. So if I checked and then it said it's fine and then I ate it and then I had a reaction, I'd be really. I mean, obviously, if it was just a smart reaction, I'd be really yeah. angry because it's like, hang on, I checked. Yeah. It didn't say anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just I I don't know whether they just put the put it down as as just the fillings or whether it was because no, they would have listened. Pret's normally quite good. They must have just literally just missed the sesame seeds for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know, it's just one of those things. I mean, I I check stuff obviously, and oh, what's it? I reacted to something. Oh, while we were on holiday, I had the Welsh rabbit. And I'd I'd said to the woman, I said, oh, I said, I've heard of it, but I don't know actually what's in it. And she said, oh, we, we do this, we put this and we put that. And, and she mentioned um, a brand name for Worcestershire sauce. And, of course, I hadn't even, because she mentioned the brand name and not actually Worcestershire sauce, it didn't click in my mind that actually Worcestershire sauce has fish oil in it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's got loads of stuff. Yeah, but it's got fish oil in it. Um, and, of course, I react to fish. So, of course, I ended up having a reaction. And, yeah, I react to fish a lot worse than I do with eggs. <laughs> but, yeah, so... and and But it hadn't even occurred to me that... Because she mentioned this brand name rather than the Worcestershire sauce. Um, it, it It didn't click. And it wasn't till afterwards my husband said, you know what that is that's caused that, didn't you? I said, what's that? He said, the Worcestershire sauce. I said, I haven't had any. He said, yeah, you had some in the Welsh, it was in the Welsh rabbit. Yeah, because it goes on. Yeah. And I said, oh, oh, of course, that's what she meant when she said the brand name. I said, why didn't you say anything then? He said, oh, it's only just occurred to me. (laughs) So helpful. Yeah, typical bloke, you know. (laughs) After the event. Yeah, yeah, after the event. So, yeah. But anyway, that's Natasha's law, so everything should be now listed and made clear and any allergens should be in bold. But then you're always going to get somebody who might have an allergy to something different. But then I guess that should be listed as well anyway. You just have to be really careful. Yeah, if everything's listed, then it should all 
every little tiny little thing is listed. Then yeah. It should be very clear that when you pick it up, you go, is there anything in there that I cannot eat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to, if I'm, if my friend asks me to get some anything for her on my way over there when I go to work, I have to look at all the ingredients really carefully because it, it mustn't contain eggs, it mustn't contain soya, it mustn't contain, you know, and and or or um dairy some dairy products no lactose and uh, yeah it's all yeah it's, it's hard work. No, it's hard work. It is hard I, work. I mean, I, there's loads of things I can't eat, and my mother thinks it's ridiculous. She's just like, you weren't like this when you were younger, and you're like, well, actually, I was. You know, when we had a picnic in a wheat field and I erupted in hives, and you didn't, it didn't occur to you then that I might be <laughs> allergic to wheat. <laughs> I started making it I thought I've made you a cake and I started making it and then I realised I hadn't used your flour used my flour so I scooped as much as I could out <gasps> and then I <laughs> and you're like mum it's dear, really kind of dear. you but that's really not going to work no oh I got as much as I could out and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> gosh that must be one of the worst things to be allergic to is is flour the wheat and gluten I've got a friend of mine with celiac, and um, I made some um, gluten-free cakes for her one day. They didn't turn out too bad. Everybody said, oh, the flour, gluten-free flour is really bad, hard to work with, and it, it's, but they were okay. They just, I used a bit of gluten-free baking powder in there as yeah. well to give them a bit of an oomph, and, and they were okay. There was nothing wrong with them. No, yeah. it's much better than it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, it, you know, it's really, really hard. It's hard work mm. having to check everything that you buy. And, you know, of course, if you do end up doing shopping online, it's not as easy as if you're actually there no, and you, you can actually look at the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Right. Let's have a look at my list of things to talk about. Oh, David Walliams. Have you heard David Walliams? His book is going to be... One of his books is going to be amended. It's going to have one of the stories taken out, one of his world's worst children books. Because Mr. Wong, who never ever does anything wrong, is apparently um, a nasty, um, it's, it's offensive to Chinese minorities from a young age. I but, haven't read it on any of his books. No, I haven't read any of his books. But apparently he... Has he's he's written quite a few books. Um, the world's worst children, volumes one, two, and three. World's worst teachers, world's worst parents, and things like that. But apparently, this particular one with this particular story, I'm just trying to find it on my phone because I saved the thing. Right, a David Walliams story about a Chinese boy is to be removed from his children's books after criticism that it contained harmful stereotypes. Are we really just a bunch of snowflakes? A new edition of The World's Worst Children will be released yet next year without the story Brian Wong, who was never, ever wrong. Because apparently it's a person called Georgie Ma complained the book was normalising jokes on minorities from a young age. You could say that about all sorts of things. So one though. person complained? Well, I guess it must have been more than one person. Well, I don't know. It just says here the podcaster, Georgie Marr. The book features stories about 10 characters, including Nigel Nitboy, 
Grubby Gertrude and Bertha the Blubberer sold more than 450,000 copies when it was published in 2016 and two sequels and other spin-offs have been released since. Oops, somebody's trying to phone me. I can wait. <laughs> um, right, so uh, what does it say? In consultation with our author and illustrator, we can confirm that a new story will be written to replace Brian Wong in future details of the world's worst, uh, the future editions of the world's worst children. A statement from HarperCollins Children's said. So there you go. The Chinese culture is misrepresented. Wong and wrong are two words that are commonly used in playgrounds to pick on someone if their surname is Wong. Yeah. It's like me being called Curly Whirly Shirley when Curly Whirlies first came out. Really? Yeah. Well, I remember when Curly Whirlies first came out in the 70s and they all called me Curly Whirly Shirley because Shirley rhymed with Curly Whirly. So that was what I was called. And Curly Whirlies were a lot bigger then. They've got smaller and I've got bigger. <laughs> have they got smaller, like the quality street Oh, tins? of course they have. Yeah. Do they still make them? Well, Curly Whirlies? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they still make them, but they're only about half the size of what they were. Yeah, because they were really long. They used to be a foot long. They used to be a foot long and about an inch, a, a good inch wide. They're now about seven inches long and about just under an inch wide. Yeah, everything's got smaller. I suppose the new version is the the, the man's guide to measurements. Hmm? Well, women are always trying... Men are always trying to tell tell women that two inches is actually six inches. Didn't you know that? <laughs> I thought we'd gone back to imperial. Or... We're oh, going back to imperial now, aren't we? Well, I hope so. I was brought up with both. I'm, I'm, I'm that generation that was stuck right in the middle when we went from... Because in 1971, I was eight when they changed from the old shillings and pence, pounds, shillings and pence to decimal. I was brought up with metric measurements and imperial measurements in both length and weight. So I'm, I can use, but I use both. And I, I find it, my, <laughs> my husband's younger than me, but he says he doesn't remember any of that. And if it's not an inch, if it's, he doesn't understand centimetres. And I'm like... Because I might say to him, 70 centimetres, well, well, how much is that? And I says, about two and a half foot. <laughs> We've got to think about 30 centimetres is the same length, more or less, just slightly over a foot long, because it's the same distance on a 12-inch ruler. It's 30 centimetres. It's 297 millimetres, actually. There you go. <laughs> Very precise. I wouldn't know that without looking at our ruler. I only do that because um, it's the size of... Um, is it size a paper size for A4? It's 297 uh, by 230 something for A4. Something like that. I wouldn't know. <laughs> like, I used to work in reprographics in a school. Uh, okay. So I was forever ordering paper and reams of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my friend yesterday, we had to fill out a form and it needed my full name, age, you know, date of birth, um, National insurance number, phone number, next to kin, next to kin phone number, and she was saying, "Right, what's your, what's your national, what's your um, phone number?" So I, she said, "Nobody ever knows their phone number." So I said, "Oh, I rattled it off." And she said, "Oh, 
well, I bet you and I bet you don't know this. What's your national insurance number? So I said, and rattled it off. And she's, oh, okay. And she's, okay, all right then. Next of kin, Mike. What's his number? I said, oh, double seven. Rattled it off. She's, what? And then she said, how many pieces of paper have you ever put through your printer in its lifetime? <laughs> and she's like, I bet you won't know that. How many pieces of paper have you put through your print? What does that mean? <laughs> no, she was just being silly because oh, okay. I'd because I was like, what? yeah I don't <laughs> because I knew all the questions on the form uh, okay. all off by heart and I could just rattle the replies off. She was just trying to catch me out. I said I don't know how many pieces of paper, but ask me how many reams. How many reams? <laughs> but we used to know more phone numbers. You know when we when we had yeah. landlines, you had to you know you yeah. know all the landline numbers that you wanted to call and you would just call yeah. them. Yeah, I have to say I know quite a few mobile numbers, like the important people, like the people I have to call. Yeah, I know, I know my mine, I know mine and my husband's. I've more or less got my friends to to memory. It's I get muddled up with which way round they go. My sister's number I know off by heart. That's a landline, but only because it flows off the tongue nicely. Um, but a lot of them, I don't know my children's numbers off by heart because it's all programmed into my phone. And I hardly ever phone them anyway. I do it all over video call or tech or WhatsApp messages. So apart from the other night, yeah. Did you survive the Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram outage? Obviously, because you're here today. It didn't bother me. I was just like, no. almost like going nuts. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? It just meant I couldn't collect me me daily bonuses for me my little games I play on Facebook. Oh. I do a, a a I play bingo bash couple of half an hour every every evening and I do a jigsaw I tend to do a jigsaw on on Facebook every now and then well daily you get a daily bonus for coins and you use that to buy more jigsaws so you don't have to spend any money on it but um so I don't spend money on things I, I, I play games if they're free the only thing I spend money on is I I've got a a daily puzzle page subscription so I do a daily puzzle page on my phone, on my app. I pay £36 a year for that, which is, what, 75p a week, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I get a puzzle, a page of puzzles every day, and it's, it ranges from two or three different types of crossword, two or three different types of Sudoku, including Killer Sudoku. What is Killer Sudoku? Killer Sudoku is where not only do you have to fill in the grid, but you have to make the boxes add up to (laughs) make the boxes add up to certain amounts. So it'll half the clue is in the total. You don't always get the clue from the positions of the numbers. You get the clues from the the sum that needed to be needs to be done to fill the boxes correctly. Yeah, it's. It's hard work. Some of it's really hard work. Some of them are really, really hard. They really are killer ones. Um, so I do that, and it's also got picture cross and cross some um, Futoshiki and oh, now she. I have no idea what you're talking. About. It's 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 number puzzles and um, yeah, word and number puzzles basically. It's to try and keep my brain working. Yeah, keep your brain active. Yeah. 
and I do it. And then every now and then they they have special events where you get extra puzzles to do to make up a phrase or a saying or a clue to a place and and things like that. And it's taking ages and ages to load up just when you want it, just to so you can show somebody. So today's page, I had a crossword. I had word snake, which is like a word search, but the, the words snake into one another. So you find a word and then the next word links onto it, but goes around and it covers the whole grid. Do you have one long word? No, it's lots of different words, but they, they, they sort of... It was like German or Sanskrit where you put <laughs> loads, of loads of words together to make one word. Like Strassenbahnhaltestelle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, no, it's, um, it's you, get, you, start, you get given a word to start with and you find that on the grid. And then the next word you have to guess, it gives you a topic. And then the next word you have to find and you'll follow it round. And then the next word will be carrying on from that. So it ends up looking a bit like a, a snake around the page and you fill the whole grid but all the words are on the grid and it's all snaking around after one another. Nice. So it's a bit like a word search but it's a bit more complicated. Cross sum, which is like a grid of nine numbers that you have to put in place to equal the sums that are given at the end and at the bottom and it has to to to, to add up or divide or multiply or whatever. Yeah. Code word, code words are good. You get given the letters and certain numbers and you have to work out which number each letter is and fill it in to make all the... Oh, you don't get SAS stuff. It's not like code words. When you get... <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, there are a couple of other picture picture quiz things. Yeah, picture path where you get... And they, they do picture path and picture block where you have to fill the, the blocks in to with the right number of blocks and to make... And yeah, it's... It just, some of them are really taxing. whole nother world out there. Some of them are really taxing, but it keeps my brain working. This is true. Allegedly. (laughs) Yes, okay. Right, where are we now? Let's have a look. Shall we have a very quick break? And then we will finish up talking about awareness, cancer screening and awareness days. So let's have... Let's bring that down there and hit that, and I'll see you in a minute. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. Politics. Hot. Topics. Current affairs. Public relations. Chat. Global events. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Honey, where are we going on holiday this year? What about a camper van? But I wouldn't know where to start. I've heard that we should check out LA Campers. LA Camper Conversions, manufacturing camper van and leisure furniture. Also supplying camper conversion kits. Open Monday to Friday, based in Paul Dorset. As featured on Mums Say Radio. Call them now on 01202 698888. The global station where you make the conversation. Live radio. New music. Global podcasts. It's Worth It with Shirley Worth. 
politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Well, hello and welcome back. That was a very, very quick break. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, go- one minute and 30 something seconds rest from hearing my voice droning on um i'm joined here in the studio with julia who is one of our prospective new presenters you'll hopefully be able to hear her her wellness uh, show at some point in the future but welcome 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 and um we're gonna have a little quick talk we've only got about 10 minutes and I, i need to just have a look at some of the awareness days but i had to go for my mammogram this week, or as my friend called it, my George Foreman. <laughs> no, Julia's looking at me as if to say, "What the heck?" Have you ever seen a George Foreman grill? Yes, that's when they what I'm thinking when they food. when they bring the thing down yeah. and they squash it flat and it uh, cooks from both sides. Yeah, of course, with your mammogram, they squash you flat. And right, okay. Bless them, these ladies. Because I, I was can't. Thinking of steak, and I was just like, what? Oh. <laughs> no, they just they squash your boobs as flat as a piece of as, as a piece of. Uh, steak yeah so yes i had to go for my mammogram and my friend who's just turned 50 she had to have she had a letter about her bowel screening she had to send a a stool sample in for bowel cancer screening and uh yeah we had the discussion about how to collect a bowel (laughs) a poo sample or a stool sample. We were gonna um, we we're gonna put a little miniature doll's house stool in the in the pot and send it off as a stool sample, but no. <laughs> but it got me to thinking about a few years ago, Jay when Jade Goody died um from cervical cancer, it got me thinking, yeah, because a lot of people were really keen and they went for their screenings. But apparently it's well, of course well, obviously with COVID and things being a bit different, it's it's all tapered off and people are not attending for their screenings. So, And as I'd been for my mammogram this week, I, I thought t- that today was a timely reminder to say to people, go get your screenings, get your checks. If in doubt, speak to your doctor, go see your doctor. Don't sit there worrying about what ifs and what might be or not worrying about it at all or, and not going for your screening. Just go because things with, with like with cervical cancer, if you go for your smear test, they can find cells that are precancerous um, and it will give you time to have treatment and it can be perfectly curable. And but if you don't catch it at the point where you've got the precancerous cells, you get to the point where it turns into a full blown cancer, and it can be very nasty. The treatment is horrible. the The outcome is not always good. And for the sake of fifteen minutes discomfort, and they don't even use cold metal speculums anymore. They use the plastic disposable ones, so they're not cold nor horrible. You know, when I worked in the outpatients at the hospital, we used to have a, a, a fleecy sheepskin heat pad that we used to put the all the, the instruments on so they weren't cold, so they warmed up. <laughs> really? I've yeah. never had that. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, all the gynae clinics were all... Really? They had, you had warm instruments, yes. So it, it was wow. just a bit luxury, I suppose. Yeah. But it wasn't even... It was an NHS hospital, so... I've never had that. It's well, when they say relax and you're like... Uh, <laughs> seriously but the discomfort that 
the the discomfort for 15 minutes, the embarrassment for 15 minutes that could save your life. You know, it's 15 minutes out of a whole life. And if you don't have that 15 minutes, you might not have a whole life left. So, you know, it's like with the mammograms. She said, oh, I'm really sorry, but it hurts, it hurts. And I said, actually, you know, with the pain that I live with every day, this is nothing. And, you know, it was a little bit of discomfort for a few seconds. And, um, you know, everybody says, oh, it really hurts. I suppose it's one advantage to having big boobs is that they just squash flat anyway. (laughs) It doesn't hurt so much. (laughs) But, um, you know, please, please, if you get invited to go for any kind of cancer screening, any kind of screening tests or anything, please take the NHS up on their offer. And, you know, because if you catch these things early enough, there are curable, there are cures out there. And, you know, if if you leave it too late, like my mum did, um, it, it gets too far. And, you know, from her diagnosis to her passing was five months. And, you know, unfortunately, that was a, a blip in the system that, uh, well, yeah, she had other symptoms as well. But never mind. Anyway, that was in the past. That was just over a year ago now. Mum died. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny, actually. I've felt it more since the anniversary than I I did in the first year. I guess I've been so busy. And then the first anniversary sort of brought it all home. And for the... Grief. grief Yeah. It's it's a long process. It's a funny thing, isn't it? the first year, you're still almost dealing with it and going through all the different stages, so... Yeah. And, I mean, I I haven't haven't really cried over my mum. I did all the crying with her. Because I went through the treatment with her, I mean, you know, I took her, I, during, this is all during lockdown, I was living half my time in London and half my time down here in the south and travelling between the two homes so that I could take her to appointments so that I could nurse her. And in the end, I ended up moving up there for six to eight weeks to, to nurse her until the end and then stay with my dad for a week afterwards. Chef chemo? No. She she did they did try a treatment. It wasn't like it wasn't a chemo, it was it was a tablet. It was just for palliative to try and give her a bit longer, but it gave her a blood clot in her leg. And um yeah, so uh, they said we can't can't give it to you anymore. She had four weeks worth. And actually the four weeks worth had had no effect on the, the tumour at all, it had still grown. So they said, Sorry, there's nothing more we can do. Um, and I mean, they were brilliant. It was the Royal Marsden in oh, Surrey, okay. yeah. and and they were brilliant. But um, I moved up there and nursed her till the end, and I felt her last pulse and heard her last breath. And so I went through that journey with her. And I think the acceptance, the final acceptance of the grief, I hit before anything else. So, um, but yeah, it was hard last week being on holiday with my dad and, and my husband and not having mum there. But in a way, I'm. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I'm actually glad mum wasn't there because she wouldn't cope with the way my dad is at the moment because dad's got all classic signs of early early Alzheimer's. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think it's brought on from the trauma. Watching um, your mother go through all that? No, I think it was, it was, there were early, there were signs of it anyway. If it's not Alzheimer's, it'd be Parkinson's because he's shaking a lot. But then he's he's eighty six, so that could just be old age. But he's got the the spatial awareness difficulties now of, of coming to the fore, having the same conversation six times over, and him getting cross when you don't answer a question straight away, when actually you've answered it four times already, and you're 
just taking a breath to steel yourself to answering it again. But yeah, so it was last week was was hard work, and I I do I do worry a lot about my dad because he lives on his own in the house, and he more or less accused me of lying when I told him that he nearly set the microwave on fire and set nearly set the house on fire. And oh, I'm sure it wasn't as bad as that. He said it was. I had to replace his microwave. Put it that way. But yes, so it's yes, it's a, a yet another worry to to worry my poor little wee head with. He's going <laughs> to need some care. I need. Well, I mean, my mum's best friend lives around the corner, and she's okay. been looking after him. But she's in in Norway this week, so I'm hoping she's having a lovely time. And cause she had last week off because we were in Wales, and now she's got this week off because she's in Norway. So, but we're we're just trying to sort of take it in turns to phone dad to make sure. And I did his online shopping. It arrived, but he phoned me Saturday night to say it hadn't arrived. I said, "Well, it's because it's not coming till tomorrow, Dad." Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he said, "That's what I was ringing to find out whether it was today or tomorrow." Yeah, okay. But also, it's probably a lot <laughs> as well that your mother's not around. He's used to having someone else there. Well, yes, yes, there is that. It, it's I think it's a combination of all sorts of things. And while we were away, of course, we were in unfamiliar surroundings. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah. So today, what I normally do at the end of my show, we're running out of time now. Is I have a look at awareness days. So for this month in October, we've got ADHD month, Black History Month, Breast Cancer, the Go Sober for October, Cholesterol uh, Awareness Month and Pituitary Awareness Month, Lupus, Walk to School Month, School Library Week and Bullying Prevention Month. So there we go. So all we've got to think about all these things. Quite why we have to have Black History Month. Why we have a special month for black history, I don't know. Do you know why we have a special month for black history? Is it different to any other history in so much as it's all history and it's all part of our past and we should learn from it, not necessarily relive it or try and banish it? Uh, Probably to make people more aware. Mm. I, well... I think by singling it out makes the problem worse, personally. So if you're singling it out and making it a thing, it's causing more separation and more division rather than just integrating. It's a difficult one. Chris and I have this conversation a lot. Integration versus segregation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in in a way, by by singling it out, it's like... um, you know, we we can we can celebrate certain areas, and we can recognise certain areas, but we should do we should do it all the time, not just during a particular month, because if you bring things to a particular time, it brings it makes it segregated. But then I guess it's the same with all the breast cancer and everything else. And Movember and all these yeah. other things. It's just one month yeah. to make people aware, and then bring mm. some attention to it and maybe they'd forgotten about it or they hadn't gone for a check or whatever yeah. whatever is the the day or the awareness day yeah does it does it make people think about it all or does it just make for segregation so like yeah with the the, the like we've got dyspraxia week and dyslexia week back care week um oh curry week we can have curry good week and chocolate week we've got this month and when's curry week 
Curry week is this week, 4th to the 10th. Okay, let's get cooking. Let's get a curry on the let's go. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I do these awareness days and try and, you know, but actually am I... Am I part of the problem by doing these, by, by telling you all about all these awareness days? That is for next week, I think. I'm going to have to have a think Keep about them that hanging. one. Yes, because we are now over time by 20 seconds. So I'm going to play my final little jingle and I say cheerio until next week. Hasta la vista. It's worth it with Shirley Worth. Politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Want to kick off your Friday session? Warm up with great guests and banging beats from the sick song selector. Booyakasha, check this out, yo. Foxy Fridays, Mum Say Radio. It's worth it with Shirley Worth. Politics, hot topics, current affairs, public relations, chat, global events. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.